all that hope in me, seeing it, uh, seeing the life leave his body was uh, just, I mean, I was shattered in a way that uh, I didn't know it could be. Welcome back to The Overcomers. I have I have been eager um, to sit down with you two. And um, yeah, I, I just have been eager for you to be able to testify to the presence of God. And, and we were just talking about this. Now, I think loss of a child for everything else we cover is that thing that nobody thinks they would survive. Um, nobody thinks they would make it to the other side of. Um, and, and not presuming, you know, that we're all the way to the other side of anything. Um, maybe, maybe you don't ever get to the other side or you get to the other side in a kind of strange way. So this is Jack and Ashley Drake. Uh, they've been longtime members of the village church have served, uh, really in a lot of different places, primarily recovery ministry for a long time, beautiful family, um, faithful couple. Um, and I, and I just want to, I want to start by talking about Abram, um, and really, um, maybe the first time, well, well, let me, let me just say that, that Abram was vivacious and <laughs> wicked sharp and, um, a, a lover of life and ninja swords and, um, combat and all things little boy. Mm. Um, and so I, I'd love for you to just talk about like that. The first time you notice, Hey, something, something's not right. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll kind of set out on this journey from there. Yeah. So, uh, he was six years old when he got diagnosed, um, and leading up to diagnosis in, uh, early January, 2020, um, we had had a slew of doctor's visits of all sorts of things. Um, kind of looking backwards. I mean, Ash, he's just, we got four kids, so yeah. Um, we weren't worried. We'd seen a lot of stuff, a lot, lot of sickness, a lot of sickness, and it's okay and it's fine. And um, these are just things that you grow through, and we're not going to freak out about them. Um, but Abram was—he uh, had started kindergarten and uh, progressively through that semester, he was just having more and more trouble uh, with, with pain, with discomfort, um, and lots of lots of doctors' visits, but. Yeah, he had a bunch of pain in like his lower back was Yeah, and we were like, you know, growing pains and then the doctors like, well, it could be meningitis, it could be this and that and then um you know, maybe there's a blockage in his uh, intestines and he's that's why he can't go to the bathroom. Um, that was the earliest sign. That was our Yeah. And being backed and, up. And so if you look at that, you're you're like, man, he was having some of those issues back into like Easter that previous yeah. year, which yeah. at the time we totally dismissed, you know, like, sure. all right. Whatever is, it happens. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> like well, with four kids, it yeah. it does have there. Yeah. There's, I mean, I had three. Yeah, and somebody always had a cold. Yeah, somebody yeah. was always sick. Right, somebody was always bringing something into the house that kind of spread through the house. So mm. yeah, and uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden he, it was it got to the part where it's like round the clock, Advil, Tylenol, and he is miserable. Uh, just a lot of pain. And this is all while we're in and out of the doctor consistently. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm there at least once a week at this point for the last probably two months before he got diagnosed. Yeah, and um, Ashley's mama radar was freaking out like I don't 
something's not right here. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and I mean, we loved our, we don't, we don't blame those doctors for missing it at all. Cause it's it, neuroblastoma is such a sneaky, hard to find cancer and it doesn't present until. Unless you do a CT scan really. Yeah. And like, it, it's normally late in the game where, you know, people find out. Almost but, all, like, I think, I don't know what the statistic is. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but most kids are stage four when yeah, you're diagnosed. When they find so, it. I mean, that's yeah. just the way it operates. And so uh, finally he was in enough pain. Um, we took him to a, an after hours, um, you know, urgent care basically. And then um, we think that doctor there felt something and shipped us off to big big hospital over the weekend he said he thought it was just a blockage, but yeah. looking back, I, I like I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't more worried, but didn't yeah. want to freak us out before sending us to the ER. Yeah, and then so over the weekend, lots of tests and more tests, and then finally it was, hey, we've got you scheduled to meet with oncology, and we're like, oncology and children don't that don't yeah. go together. Uh, I don't ever want yeah. to hear that, and. Man, I remember just walking out of that ER and I was like, hmm, Lord, like, whoa, this, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not what I said, but that's what, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, quickly it was, we, you know, we're paying attention. We're like, all right, Abram, you know, kind of get it together. Then it was a whirlwind and the wheels are off just completely. And we're, you know, when they, when they do get a beat on what's going on, it's, you know, the worst possible news. Yes. Yeah, that first week is when we were, like, they admitted us straight from the ER, and so just, you know, it's test after test. And so it's starting off like, it could be cancer, it could be something else, and then we find out it's for sure cancer. Then it could be this cancer, it could be that cancer, and you find out it's neuroblastoma, which is the one the doctor before was like, you don't want it to be that one. And I'm like, okay, so this is where we're at. And then from there, it's, you know, finding the best doctor and transferring hospitals and, getting a port. And I mean, we were, it was two weeks really of being admitted. And then, I mean, for me, one of the hardest parts was when we found out it was stage four. I mean, I just remember physically, like I was, um, I mean, I was non-functional finding that out. Like my son should not have stage four cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, the, the thing about neuroblastoma, like specifically, I mean, younger kids definitely have a higher survival rate. Abram was very unique at being as old as he was to have neuroblastoma. Um, and the odds go down the older in terms of survival the older you are. And so, I mean, I think when he first got diagnosed, we were told 60% survival rate, which for me, like I could cling to that. I mean, yeah. and I think one of the things, um, we say this a lot, like one of the most impactful things that we learned at the very beginning, because we were both spiraling. Um, Jason Holloman actually was, he walked pretty closely with us through it all. And he had come up there and he said, you know, Abram is invincible until the day God calls him home. And so just specifically with cancer, there's so much stuff around it of like survival. I mean, you know that, like oh, survival rates and all the stuff, but yet like our God ultimately holds holds the cards. Hold our days. Um, yeah, and just because you're so scared and you're, you know, this, this, this future that you've hoped and dreamed of with your child um, gets threatened into this degree that, is unconscionable. Like you just, and just having that, that word levied over us. Like, I mean, he's not going to die today. Yeah. You know, he's, 
he's got a fight ahead of him, and that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, invincible is the word. He is invincible until yeah. Lord calls him home. And, uh, and we clung tight the whole time. To yeah, that. it really freed us up to, like, okay, we're just, we got today. And, and honestly, it was you know, just good being with Abram because there he is. He's full of his yeah. full life. And, uh, and he started feeling better pretty quick. Um, I mean, that first round of chemo shrunk that, t- like the initial tumor. Yeah. Um, the hard part was getting rid of it everywhere else in the body. And so just to see our son kind of bounce back to not be in pain was huge. I mean, there's all the chemo stuff that, yeah. you know, that sucks. Um, but I mean, to speak to even what you said at the beginning of like, I mean, where I was at, like I went, like when we first found out, it was completely non-functional. And I just remember saying um, when I was talking to Lauren on the phone, just like, I can't do this. I mean, yeah. No one, there's no, there's no framework to understand yeah. losing a child, and so no. I mean, that's that's where I started. I mean, I I can't do this, and so. Yeah. And and talk a little bit about, like, I'm even in my own journey, and then in journeys that I've walked with people um, on. The, there is a in regards to our faith and our relationship with the Lord. There is an initial kind of, he's got this. I've got some Bible verses. Oh, all the Bible verses. Everybody's praying. <laughs> you know, it feels like the whole world's praying for you. You know, people you've never met, people you yeah. never, I mean, everybody's like, we're praying. There's bracelets. There's like the whole world rallies. And you, yeah. there's a season in which you're like, yeah, yeah, the Lord's got this. We had experienced some loss, um, some tragedy, but it was, you know, like my aunt and uncle, her grandparents but nobody you know we did our our lives were not marked with lots of trauma or loss yeah and so um to that point there was a real like okay um and and, and as this boy's daddy like i was like all right it's, just, it's time to fight like yep. yeah and that's that's what you made me to do and uh, i won't i won't shrink back from that um but to that, like we were just like, okay, all right, we got everybody's rallying, uh, the church is showing up, everybody's showing up, family, just <laughs> like. They have a great family, but literally everyone descends. Yeah. <laughs> There's just, a lot of people. And uh, just managing all of that was um, overwhelming on top of what we were already doing. And, but there was a real sense of like, okay, I mean, this, this, this 60% survival rate was helpful for Ashley, but I was like, I really don't care about your statistics because yeah. I got an Abram, I don't have a statistic. Yeah. And uh, um, and it wasn't a negative thing, but I was like, I mean, the Lord's the Lord's going to do this. And uh, um, that was a, you know, not to get far ahead, but just, just in that place of like, you know, this is what God does. He yeah. shows up when it's um, awful. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's a it's a broken, fallen world. Yep, all in, get that. Uh, but he's still gonna save my son. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, I'm angry that we are. My son's gonna have to suffer um, to do that. Uh, that we are gonna have to suffer. Um, but it's like I, like I said, I I don't have a choice. This is this is how we move forward, and we're grateful for all the support um yeah we were very 
I really got to experience in that season the church being the church, like in a way that I've never seen. Yeah. I mean, just the support and, you know, just being rallied around. But we were told um, uh, at the very beginning, though, like, I mean, that's the most it's going to be. And yeah. that we definitely saw that, you know, everyone rallies yeah. and um, and not not in any negative way. I mean, that's human yeah. nature and, yeah. you know, life goes on, life goes on and, and, yeah. and ours didn't, you know, so yeah. then we're still in it and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And yeah. I, I will say it was it, for me, um, like having that hit me because it was kind of like, Lord, you, you don't touch this. Like yeah. I, you, you do what you, but this is, this is out of bounds. And so there was that kind of in me of like, no, this can't, happen yeah um and that was a i'd never sat there before yeah of like i mean it's like you do what you want to me and whatever um but not my not yeah. my boy you know i've said huh, it'll even be hard for me to say it now but like when i woke up in the hospital room on that thanksgiving morning 2009 and the ER doc said, hey, you've got a mass in your right frontal lobe and we're going to need to send you to, you need to go find a neurosurgeon and see about what to do about that. I just remember thinking, okay, it's me. Yeah. I can do me. Yeah. I don't know if I could do Lauren. I don't know if I could do the kid. I can do me. Mm. So just to bounce off what you're saying, I mean, I remember thinking, okay, I can. if it's me, I can do that. Um, I just can't do... You just leave the rest of the circle alone. Right. So, I, yeah, I had the same same thing going on in my heart, but it, it was me. Yeah. Um, so I just so can relate to that yeah. emotion. Yeah, you were more mad initially than I was. Oh, I was furious. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I got to that point, but we kind of were always at different spots a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then tell me about, like, like Abram had this kind of faith and awareness and it, it in fact of all the kind of journeys I've been able to participate in at some level um Abram seemed to have a like be dialed into the Lord more than than most and not just regurgitating y'all stuff oh no like a whole different thing so talk a little bit about Abram in the early days in that or was that something that kind of was gave birth through this no, he 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 was steady, steadfast the whole time. He was not uh, scared. I mean, he he was in a lot of pain and yeah. didn't like pokes and medicines and all that was brutal. However, he wasn't like scared no. of dying or like he yeah. never once in the entire journey. And this was totally the Lord, and it was such a gift to me. Like he never once asked me, "Am I going to die?" Yeah. Um, and for me, like for my, because I. From the beginning, we were like, we're going to be honest with them, like, yeah. you know, scans. And I mean, to a degree with, sure. obviously there's stuff around that. But with our other kids, with him, <laughs> I wanted to be safe. Like, yeah. I want them to be able to trust me. And so um, for me, that was such a gift. I mean, he wasn't scared. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just to speak to, I mean, that kid, even before he got sick, I mean, his favorite thing was to sing his God songs. Like, he yeah. just wanted to sing to <laughs> Jesus. And like, that's not, like, it wasn't songs that we knew. Like, he would just make up words. And yeah. I mean, you know, singing about his heart. And yeah. I think it got amplified for sure in that season. Um, but that's one of the things I think that we look at. I mean, he carried us through a lot of that. Looking at him and his faith, I mean, he would, every night, like, I want to read the Bible stories. I want to do this. Like, he, I mean, he encouraged us yeah, he, more so than, 
I think we encouraged him because his faith was just. Yeah, he was from the Lord, and we didn't do that. Like that was. Yeah, like I mean, early on, uh, because a lot of this was pandemic times, um, so the hospital was very much shut down. But you know, there was a lady that would come around with a guitar, and she's like, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to sing? He's like, I want to sing Jesus. Jesus loves me. And she's like, okay. And uh, I don't think she was a believer either. So no, she no. Like, <laughs> she knew the song, uh, but he had a little, they gave him a little like drum kit. So he was playing along with her. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he really, he really, um, uh, his empathy and his heart for the Lord, despite, because it, I mean, as awful as it was for us, we, we knew it was worse for him. Yeah. And to have him not freak out, fall apart. It's like, well, well, I can't do it if he's not, you know. Yeah, because yeah, I think um, as much as we wrestled with the Lord and that looked different throughout this whole journey and there's a lot there, but to look at my son and see that he didn't, I mean, he never, he just didn't question God in it. I mean, yeah. even I remember this one time and it was probably one of the worst experiences we had there. Like he had to do this one immunotherapy that is insanely painful. Um, so watching him literally, I mean, he is screaming in pain Um, and I'm having to sit there and hold him and just say you have to do this and that as a parent is um, it's a a nightmare Um, and so but I remember him like crying out to God and just literally he's like the doctors can't help me no one can help me only you can help me God Um, and I will tell you to this day I still wrestle with this because God didn't take it away right then because I remember literally just crying over him I'm just like like God, I know you can do this. Like, I, and yeah. I still believe he could have, and I don't understand why he yeah. didn't. Because why he could have in a second, you know. And so um, this kid crying out in faith, but even that, like, he wasn't deterred afterwards. Like that didn't change. That didn't yeah. stop. Yeah. And so, no, no bitterness. And yeah, and when when she says painful, it's like it was like watching your child get lit on fire yeah. and writhe in pain for eight hours. Neuroblastoma is a nervous system yeah. cancer, so it's a very painful cancer. Um, but he, he absolutely was. He's like, Lord. God can do it. And and you're just like, man, I just, everything in my heart wants to st- step in and, you know, whatever I could do for my child just to watch him and then to see him cry out to God. And, and I'd be like, man, Lord, like, I don't, I, I don't understand. This boy knows and trusts that you are his only hope. And I, I just want to see you show up. Yeah. And God did show up. It just wasn't, I mean, not that, that way. was so, that's so evident in the whole story for me. Like even when I wrestled of God being present, like I can see it. Like he was so near my son every second. And I know he was near me, but sometimes I had a really hard time seeing sure. it. But Abram didn't. Like he, I mean, I mean, towards, I mean, there's parts of this story. I mean, Abram will tell you about the angels he'd see with the sword. Yeah. And I mean, he was very gifted in the Lord and that was not anything um, I don't think that we did because it wasn't stuff we talked about necessarily yeah. at that time. I mean, we've definitely probably shifted more there. But at that time, like he's not learning that from us. I and mean, yeah. this is God meeting him. And so even though a lot of our story was not answered how we wanted it to be, there's no way you could ever say God wasn't there. Yeah. And that is, there's there's grounding in that for me looking at it, um, despite all the wrestles. Yeah, I do think, I mean, it really was what made Abram's story unique. I mean, having walked this journey, like his, like his faith. Yeah. That that's the to me, 
even as I think about them from time to time now, that's the like astonishing. Um, so you, you start treatment and, um, initially it goes well. Talk a little bit more about kind of the treatment journey because it's also, man, it's during COVID. There's all sorts of rules, like only one parent, maybe at a time only, I mean, all all the stuff that I would think I'm incapable of enduring without being violent. No. Yeah. We were robbed of a lot because of COVID and it's hard not to be really angry about all of it and everybody's doing the best they can, but, um, in those journeys, you know, you're what Abram desired was his family, and we we were we were limited to after April of that year. Yeah, we just, had a couple months where like kids could come up, and he loved yeah. having Ezra come up, and he sure. loved having that. And yeah, after that it was one person until yeah. until he got put on. I mean, basically when he got hospice, they yeah. made exception for us, but it was still. I mean, he missed out on time over a year. with his dad. He missed out on time with his siblings yeah. and. Because you know I was going to be there. Ah, <laughs> like, ah, she keep mama out the room. Yeah, no. <laughs> he wanted me there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, He so, loves his daddy, but <laughs> mama's different. <laughs> yeah, he's always happy to see me, but he needed mom. So I believe that. Um, yeah, it was, so we, we diagnosed early January and then chemos through uh, about April of that year. And then... Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the chemo regimen, I think, is pretty normative to folks that have been down that journey. It's just nuke your system, uh, watch him kind of bottom out and then watch him recover and then hope to go home. And then now we got a fever. Now we got to go back to the ER and da, da, da. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's so hard as, as, as a parent, cause it's, it's such a grind. Cause even in your off weeks, you're, you've got to go up there. He's got to get uh, blood drawn. He's got to get a poke, which he hated. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, then I mean, I hate it. So I don't mean that's that's pretty normal. But um, and so right through the end of uh, that frontline tr- treatment is when you know the COVID world just kind of stopped everything because we were worried about you know they were talking about uh, he had that original tumor that we needed to remove surgery wise, and there was this. Rumor that mm. non non essential surgeries might get put on the yeah. docket, and we're like freaking out because like how's yeah, this? like ours was on the line. I mean, like which I'm like, how the heck is that not essential? Yeah. I mean, it was like had to get approved through this whole process. Yeah, which is just and yeah, just to that like man, I'm about to go <laughs> crazy, burn oh, something down. If it's, you know, it's just this is he he got, and it it worked out. And I think we had a team that really fought yeah. for Abram, and I'm uh, really grateful for them. And and it went forward and all that. But you know, just those little milestones along the way, because um, uh, after that front first line of treatment, we had the we had the surgery, and we uh, we did a scan, and it showed progress, but not a lot. Like yeah. you really. At this point, Ashley's starting to get connected to, you know, through social media, through other families on this journey. And she's got an idea in her head of like the best outcomes kind of look this way. And ours. Most time, you're like the way they do neuroblastoma was like a curry score. So we started at 19. And I think at this point, we're at a 12. Yeah. And that's like the level of cancer. And like most time, by this point, like kids like long term survival are at like a two or three. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not. We're not going the wrong direction, but it's still, it's, it was yeah. the beginning of continuing to get bad news. <laughs> like, scan, well, I mean, scans. 
Uh, well, something you told us was, if, even if it's not good news, uh, even if it's just negative, just celebrate. That we did it. Yeah. And that we weren't, yeah. And we lived that. We took that to heart. I mean, yeah. it was oh, every so it's time. It's a weird world when stable yeah. is good news. <laughs> super, yeah. super weird. Because so You got to celebrate the wins. Yeah, like, you do. You have to celebrate you what you, that's I mean, how you get through. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that thought from your head is never far of worrying about what's next. But if you don't take those little moments to, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but like yeah. it just celebrate like, hey, we there's some progress here. And uh, um, those those were those were very important. But it, the journey was one where um, it, it never, we were always kind of making incremental progress, but it wasn't wasn't the 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 winning game plan that we had seen with yeah. other survivors. Okay. Um and so we we follow the the regiment through that summer. Um things are super weird because he had a what they call transplant where basically they um nuke his immune system back down to like chemo takes you down to zero. This is like the reset button. Yeah. It's a it takes out everything good, bad. I mean Yeah. I mean, it is chemo, but it's like tenfold. Yeah. And then they feed your own stem cells, like the healthy stem cells back to you. Okay. To, to rebound. Recover. And that was super hard because um, his immune system is so fragile, like they're a lot more restrictive on access. And so for six weeks at a time, I wouldn't see my son because um, he was in the hospital and Ashley and a grandmother would rotate. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, our whole summer was pretty much spent living at the hospital. Yeah. And so I think it was the second time he got home from transplant, and he's he's wiped. And uh, he, our community was so sweet; like we'd always have a big celebration at the house in the front yard. Yeah, like you're home. And Abram hated it. He hated. He did not like all the attention. <laughs> he hated. <laughs> Which made it. me feel really loved. But yeah. like he's like, I just want to go be with my family. I want to yeah. go inside. I don't, yeah. And so by, by the end of it, everybody was so sweet. They would just stand and silently and kind of wave. And, <laughs> but like the the cheering and the, you know, he was yeah. like, I'm out on I'm this. Good. Um, we always appreciated it, but it was hard. He, not his favorite. But I do remember that, I think it was the second time we got home. You know, we it's July, I think, and hot. And uh, we roll out of the car and he sees his brother, uh, Eli, trying to, uh, I think he's on a tricycle or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's on a bike. Like, on a bike, and Abram hopped out, and he just he wanted to go help his brother and and, and put, he has push nothing him. at this yeah. point. But he's he was so happy to be home. He was so happy to be around his siblings, um, and he, that was just his heart. He just wanted to help his little brother, and I think his, Eli was three at the time. Yeah, he had just turned. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so um, he was always. Yeah, it was it was it was very hard uh, to get too upset when you'd watch him yeah. um, endure and, and fight and because one one of the things I learned and I knew this but just to watch him like it's not it's not brave to do something when you're not scared it's yeah. brave to do it when you're scared to death and uh, he would really trust us and um, it's hard as a parent to lead him into those places of pain but you're hoping these places of pain gives you you know the greater goal um 
but he would. But but I mean, he was, I mean, every time, even just the blood draw, like you just, yeah, you know, anxiety and fear and uh, and but he would, okay, dad, um, and uh, he'd push through, and I was I was just so proud of him. Um, I was so proud of him, the way he would fight, and uh, and I think about that a lot, even for us now. It's just like we we've got to keep fighting. Yeah. And it, I mean, the fight is the word. It's not, <laughs> I mean, it is gritty, crawl. Uh, I was telling Ashley, the, the analogy I think of is like in the Rocky movies where not where he's standing up with his hands up in the end, but just as he's just beat to death. Yeah. And then just barely crawling off the mat. And that's, that's what I think. Yeah, our story looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. accurate depiction. So as he, as it becomes, like when does it start to become apparent? I mean, we you, you've got some foreshadowing, right? We're at a 12. We probably needed to be at a 2, but let's celebrate the 12. It, it's something. Yeah. Um, when does it start to, like, you, you know, like this is, unless there's some kind of insane miracle, this isn't going our way. When, when does that start to shift? Like you, you know, it's not like a, oh, this might, it's not like 12, maybe next time we'll get to that too. This is, oh man, we've nuked a system three times. It's right back. We've, we, we're, we're throwing everything common grace has at this and it is not responding the way we are hoping. Well, so what happened was, um, the incremental progress, but not what we've seen. And then all of a sudden late that year, we started uh, a new treatment it's part of the regiment is a immunotherapy and all of a sudden um he went from like a like a 11 or 12 down to a two like yeah. we're like whoa that was the only that was one good scheme we got and we definitely celebrated we were oh, went hard went hard uh we went down to dallas il Braca, um with my <laughs> buddy matt down there and took care of us and um he uh and so that i mean we just we're so scared, so scared, and then great news. And so right at the end of, end of December, um, we go into another scan, and we're thinking, hey, we're gonna we're about to see a zero. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go into the new year, and it's yeah. going to... Like, hell yes. Like, this is... We're kicking ass. We're going to... Yeah. We're he's gonna, feeling a lot better he's feeling so, and That like, was such a gift. Yes. And, um, like, finally, we got this thing on the run, and then we go in for that scan, and it's another two but it's the worst kind of two because they're new spots. Okay. And, that, and from the beginning, our oncologist was very honest. She's like, I don't want to see new. Like yeah. that's, so basically it mutated. Yeah. And from then we're playing catch up. And so that was the first time where, I mean, it re, so it was really like that whole first year went through, you know, the normal process. And then after that, the next, like as we go into the next year in 2021, it was, um, there were two, like hope-filled things that we like, we had heard good results about. So the actual, you know, there's something there. Like yeah. it, it could be good, but we did both of those, and still just that was, and that was really the point where there was not, yeah, yeah, it's, there was not really much left to try. Yeah, yeah, not not unlike other cancers, it kind of just snowballs all of a sudden. And once we once we got the new hey, this, um, I mean, we were just gut shot I mean, I mean that was like right at new year's of 21 and it was horrible um because we're trying not to 
well, we were so hopeful. And we're like, okay, like we've got so many people praying. Um, well, most scans, I feel like we had an idea like it wasn't going to be as good. You know what I mean? I feel like most of the time we kind of had an idea and that was the only one I think we were like, it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. yeah. And then. And yeah, and then so there were a couple of other things in the arsenal to throw at it. So we weren't like, there's no hope. Um, but as we went through those and we still were not moving in the right direction, uh, it got increasingly scary. And then, and, you know, and then at this point, you know, he's, he's seven and, uh, uh, he had really rebounded pretty well through all his treatments and would look, I mean, other than no hair, yeah. he, he looked, he had a feeding tube and, but yeah. just his body composition was fairly, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, he's probably a little lean, but he'd always been skinny. So it was, um, he looked fairly normal, but then through that spring, like we'll, start, we'll look at pictures now and he, you can see him start to, um, deteriorate and it's, uh, yeah, it's harder looking back at those. It's interesting. Cause I think in it, we're just still fighting so much and it's a day to day and there's stuff now that comes up and it's, I mean, it, it's shocking. Well, and you know, even like if you, if you come out of a major surgery and then you get better and better from that surgery, there's still a bit of a, like hard to like, what was it before? Like, so yeah. even if I think about, like I had my eight hour surgery and then I, I, I was feeling better and feeling normal and people would comment on me looking good. But then if I look back at those pictures, we look back at those pictures, it's the same thing. We're like, yeah. oh gosh, I'm looking. But at the time you're you're comparing it to, oh my gosh, that first moment you see after surgery, that first moment right. after the round of chemo yeah. or that. So I'm not comparing it to my former healthy st self anymore because yeah. I don't even, honestly, six months in, you don't even remember what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is a, it's a hard thing. So it's it's not surprising for me to hear you say yeah. you look at the pictures now and go, oh, dang it. But at the time, you're not comparing it to healthy Abram. No. You're comparing it to where we're coming from yeah. in this journey, which starts low. And, yeah. you know, so any little uptick, you're like, he looks great. But then it's not surprising to me now that you look back and go, oh, guy, he looks, he looks yeah. tired. And there were some, he was, he just had a funny way of saying things. So like one of the, treatments he had to do is like this super intense radiation so he'd have to go in a room by himself uh for several days like oh, that he, he had uh, to be completely isolated like i was in a room outside um and they give him this i don't even know what it is insane levels of radiation like i had to wear a hazmat suit to go yeah. in and help him um so i could see him and talk to him but like even the nurses don't really yeah. go in there except once a day like they make the mom goes in or whoever's the caretaker and I mean you have to sign all this stuff of you know what you're exposing yourself to and I mean it was it was crazy and he did so good though except uh <laughs> I think I know where you're going yeah yeah this. so he uh he hated the catheter <laughs> I believe that he called it uh he's like he told the doctor every time after he's like I'll do whatever do not give me that penis straw again <laughs> penis straw yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what we call it, penis straw. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, like, it just makes me giggle when I think about it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, nobody likes he, a catheter. It was the only thing. No. Like, he did so good except that. He's I mean, like, it was. He's like, I swear, if you try and put that penis straw back in me, like, But I'm they out. had to do it because the levels of radiation, and then they have to, like, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, 
so he, I mean, he, and he did get, like, he played on his iPad and he, he made it through that. And, uh, but it was, I mean, you're just so used to that world that you're never, ever supposed to get used to. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, of course I got to leave my kid alone. In a, I mean, he could see us and he wasn't like scared, but, uh, it's, it's just those levels of normal are so brutal. And well, they're not supposed to be normal, but yeah. when you're in it. And even, you know, we had grandparents and, um, but as the parents, you're, there's no break. You don't get to go home and, yeah. you know, uh, recharge. There's, I mean, you're just yeah. in it, in it. Well, and you've got three other kids. Yeah. And that, that was a hard thing to balance. And I still... I mean, we did the best we could with it, but it is hard because there's always going to be this season that I really missed out on with the other kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was there as much as possible, but at the same time, like, I mean, our kids were raised by grandparents for almost two years yeah. to a degree. I mean, and so, and that's just, that's hard. Yeah. And I don't get that back. And no. um, that's just the reality of it. And, yeah. Yeah, you can think about who you're comfortable raising your kids. And we had, they had three different sets of parents basically for yeah. two years. Which, which they're all yeah. amazing, but. Everybody has their own parenting style. Yeah, so it's true. It's a, it was a mess, but we were, yeah, we were grateful for it. Like we're not oh, we complaining for sure, but it was just the, the realities of it all were, were crazy. And then, you know, we had our, our crew of uh, support in it. Um, you know, the big onslaught, like we kind of talked about of everybody, Hey, what can I do? Hey, you know, you know that's that's waned at this point, but uh, we still felt very um, cared for. And uh, yeah, I didn't cook for almost two years, which was great because okay. I hate cooking. I mean, literally, like <laughs> the church showed up. Like, I mean, there yeah. was just constantly. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about my grass. I didn't have to worry yeah. about my pool. I didn't. We were very um, loved. And uh, you know, financially, we we were very supported. Very supported um, and. Just uh, to see the body show up in that way, that that's something we won't forget. Um, and, you know, we go to a big church, but we've been in, we were in the same home group for, I think it was eight or nine years at that point, and we felt connected. But just yeah. to see the rally um, was was so cool. Um, and, I mean, I hated that was the reason I was seeing it. But yeah. uh, we we have remarked of, like, I can't imagine somebody – Traveling that like a, without a community behind them, um, and particularly like because if you just say like yeah, there's people in the fight with you, and, and I think that's true, but just to have a a body behind you crying out on your behalf because like I mean they're, you're so tired and as a parent like it's it's even hard to pray. You're like Lord, I don't understand this, yeah. but just to know um, when somebody's not everybody, but when there were, I mean, we would hear from people like, hey, we're really praying. I'm like, and it just gave me so much comfort of, I'm so glad they're taking up the fight where I'm not yeah. sure I can right now. Sure. And uh, uh, that was, that was awesome. And then are you in your own individual relationships with the Lord? Are you, now are you staying like just hot through most of this? Um, I think probably not. I, I was, I was, I was not in the details of like Ashley, Ashley was the researcher. She was in the, she knew all the stories. And so, 
that was really difficult for me because um, it just I always felt like when I'd hear something that it kind of projected onto what we were doing and I was like well that don't really have anything to do with Abram because he's an Abram he's not a, yeah. a whoever else and uh, um, and then just to see uh, the community we had behind us the all people around the world just praying um, I really thought the Lord uh, was going to save him I, yeah. I really did and I, I wasn't um, deterred um, even by bad news because I'm like, well, you know, every story I read, you know, he's showing up at, or even like with Lazarus, you know, it's already past go, right? Yeah. Like, like it's already done. And so I wasn't um, overly scared, whereas Ashley was different. Yeah, we were very different in that. Yeah. But even with the Lord, like for me at the beginning, I mean, I – like he felt safe and I really feel like I got to lean on him. And then I, I kind of went through the period where I was mad. Yeah. Um, and it actually took, um, Katie Dang at the time posted something and I think maybe a year out from having lost their son. Yeah. And, um, it was truly my breaking point with the Lord throughout the whole process. Um, and it's just, it was a really sweet thing for God to use, but she just wrote something like, on that side, God was still good. Mm -hmm. Like I can tell you that even now without her son, she was like, but God's still good and he's mm -hmm. still here. Because for me, when I was mad, like that's where I was like, you you can't take him and still be good. Yeah. Um, but like that, I mean, that was my breaking. And that was when the Lord at least became safe again. I'll tell you, even on this side of it, I've gone through, I mean, there's been plenty of seasons where I'm, I'm mad. Um, me and God have it out a little bit. And yeah. So it doesn't stay there, but it was a changing point for me. Um, but just to speak to what he was saying too, I mean, we, we process it was so different. I yeah. mean, and and this was unique for us because we've always, I mean, we talk about everything. Like we communicate. Yeah. It's a gift like in our marriage and it's something that I'm very thankful for. But when your son is sick and dying, like you you can't always share all your fears. You can't always, because the other person's struggling. And so yeah. we had to really relearn how to do that in marriage. And so, you know, for me, I wanted to know all the facts and I really started grieving before Abram passed. I mean, yeah. I was a lot more, whereas Jack held on to more hope and, I mean, like I had hope, like I, I knew God could do it. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that, but just a very more practical in my mind of like, but I don't know that he's going to. Yeah. Um, and I was like, he's going to. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I was, I was. It was different. Like there just wasn't. And so I was. But that was harder for you on the back end because then when oh, you didn't, sure. I mean, that's, that's a hard. For sure. But yeah, I was like, man, like. What what are the point of these stories? Like, like the point, like you're the you're the hero. You swoop in and 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 you do what when everybody says. Because like, I was just like, you know, the doctors are getting more and more grim, and I'm like, that's all right. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, the I Lord, got you, Lord. The Lord's on my side. Yeah. Like like it doesn't matter what you say. And I, I really was there, um, and I and not with like I'm not going to do anything. I was like I'm going to fight with everything I got, and um, and that was true. But I still I was like, man, the Lord's He's gonna do this. Like, um, I, I just couldn't see a way without all the prayers, all the hope, all. And then just Abram, just like, man, this little boy's got something to give this world um, that I, I don't have to give, yeah. uh, but he sure does. And golly, and um, I, I, I was expectant. I really yeah. was, and uh, and so I wasn't. Um, Initially, it was fear, anger, and then it was like, okay, we're going to fight. 
and you're going to be glorified and it's going to be uh it's going to be that from the beginning like we were very different but the one thing i think we both did and the both focused on a lot was i mean i remember i mean it might have been the week Abram got diagnosed but um just telling god i mean matter of fact i'm like okay god if you're going to make us walk this you're going to dang well use it like yeah. And so, I mean, I think one of the things for us is vulnerability is easier for us. And that's, um, I think, part of why we were drawn to each other. And so, I mean, from the beginning, we're sharing, but we're, uh, like, we had a carrying bridge. And so we would just share. We would share our story, but in a way that I wanted, like, people to see, like, the mess, but yeah. also that God was there. I mean, that yeah. was that was the one thing, I think, that unified us throughout. But how that looked, <clears throat> we would take turns. I mean, and, and the Lord was gracious most of the time at being at different places where he'd be, you know, really struggling with God or I'd be struggling with God. And thankfully that didn't line up too much. When it did line up, it's always harder. So. <laughs> yeah. Low, low. Yes. Super low. <laughs> it's yeah. not yeah. good. Um, but just to, I mean, that that we fought together, like with God. Like we're like, okay, like we're going to share our story because we know God's here, but we wanted to show that it's messy, that it's yeah. not always like, because that's been a struggle with me my whole life. Like, I don't do well with the story just that's like tied up in a perfect little boat. Because yeah. I'm like, that's that's not how it feels to me. Even yeah. now, like, I'm like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to get off the mat. But at the same time, it doesn't, there's days where I'm like, I don't get out of bed. Like, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, my hope is always to have more of the good, like fight for more of the good. But there's some days I don't have the fight. And so yeah. that's just, I wanted that to be seen in our story. And that's yeah. what we kind of tried to do. And yeah, and it was helpful to even journal through those times because it did. It made me consider the horror and the tragedy, but it was still not without hope. Yeah. Like it was yeah. it was always with with hope and um and not in anything other than the Lord, because I knew like it, even though I wasn't in all the details, I I knew <laughs> you just see your doctor's faces change. Yeah. Like yeah. and they're not giving you options uh you know I, I was angry at that but i was still like i've got hope like yeah. like i've got the lord for sure um and i still do but it, it was it was different then yeah. um, um a very different way to engage the lord for sure let's talk about that maybe that last couple of weeks um of abram's life um, and one, like where he is, both just with the Lord and with y'all, and then where you guys are. And, and why don't you take us up to that moment where he gets to get out of this pain and hurt and and go to this Jesus that he's been singing about and loving and telling other people about and excited to be with. And so why don't we, when we talk about that last couple of weeks? Yeah. So as things are progressing negatively, um, I remember taking him out of the hospital in July. We were doing mid treatment because like I could see like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like I knew what I was putting him through was not helping. Yeah. It was the first time that that had happened where it and so just like, wasn't worth it. Yeah. Like mid-treatment, I was like, we're done. And uh, there were still some things we were trying to throw against it. Um, but as far as like a chemo and immunotherapy, and that was, it was kind of like a mix that we were doing. And 
I was like, this isn't this isn't helping, and it's it's hurting my son. So we're done. Which we had seen in scans. Yeah. But, I mean, there's you know there's the line of how much you can extend his life versus you know the pain versus the cost, and yeah. so trying to navigate that is really where we're at at that point. And so yeah. this was, I think, the breaking point of like it's not it's not worth the pain that and the sick like you know all the stuff that comes from chemo that it it wasn't yeah. worth it. Yeah. Um, and even then, we still. Um, like we'd gotten put on hospice in June, and he rallied. Yeah, and I remember like, that. Yeah, you came down. And yeah, I remember that. The elders and Lauren and yeah, prayed. Yeah, like three hospital visits where we didn't know if we were going home. We're, yeah. we're, was, we're talking to palliative care, and that was I awful. I remember the palliative care conversation. <laughs> yeah, we was, fired them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember. Yeah, and then, uh, but then he rallies, and we go home. Yeah. We take him to the beach July 4th. Uh, he spends a week at the beach, and it's not easy. Like I don't want to no. paint that picture. He's he's in a lot of pain, but he was so excited to be there. We did what he wanted to do. Yeah. Like that was we kind of just started living for like, and that's it. If he wanted to do it, we were gonna make it happen. We're gonna say yes. So we yep. we got like a good six eight weeks. I mean, I've got video of him swimming in the pool. Yeah, like full range of motion. Like it just cause I, and it really in me, I was like, man, Lord, you're doing it. Like this makes no sense for yeah. where. We're talking palliative care three weeks ago, and he's swimming in my pool right now. And then, uh, probably first of August, um, he's got cancer just everywhere, and uh, it's in his skull, and it starts swelling. And you can see them now. Like yeah. at this point, there's them. Like yeah, his 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 head is very misshapen, and all the pressure of the cancer, uh, he actually goes blind, um, loses his sight because of the the behind his eyes and um that was hard yeah I mean yeah. Yeah, it was so hard I mean I remember the morning that we um I mean cause at this point he's in a hospital bed in our room like right next to me and um I remember waking up cause we knew he'd been struggling with vision like it had been getting worse and yeah. we had been trying to put like readers on him and just do stuff to help um and we wake up and he's like I can't see anything we're like you can't see anything like and I was just gone yeah just dark yeah um Man, that was, that felt cruel. Uh, yeah. And I still wrestle with the Lord on that, honestly, yeah. like I do. But he didn't. No. <laughs> he, like even when Abram would pray, uh, he never prayed for himself. You know, I. this is during uh, like uh, Delta is making its wave. And I had some family members with Delta. I was like, hey, bud, you want to make a video and just send them? He's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you. You know, just... And like when he pray at night, he's not—he's not like, like Lord, you know, let me see. It's like we would pray for that. Oh yeah, yeah. But open his eyes, Lord. You know. But like, the way we talk too, so like at this point, even how we're talking to him, like, like we're always honest. But I'm like, the Lord is going to heal you. I mean, that yeah. was never. I'm like, and I knew that that was true. I yeah. mean, because it might not be how you know. We obviously, wanted we it. wanted it. But yeah, one of my favorite videos was during this time. He had lost his sight. And he wanted to make a video for his school because he missed all the people at school. <laughs> and um, literally on the video, we actually put this on his headstone. It, he says, um, I hope Jesus is taking care of you. Jesus is taking care of me. <laughs> and I'm just like, this kid in so much pain and blind. And I mean, this whole head, he can't eat or keep anything down really at this point. And so, and he's just like, I hope Jesus is taking care of you. Jesus is taking yeah. care of me. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I didn't feel like at that point. Like, I mean, I was... Honestly, at that point, I I was so focused on just managing his pain. Like, I can't even really tell you, honestly, yeah. where I was at. Because it was 
such survival of just. Well, you're you're delirious because it's. Round, we're not sleeping. We're yeah, not. Round the clock care. He's in a ton of pain. But just yeah, his uh, his his hope and uh, like I I I've, I've got a video of him delirious out of his mind singing <laughs> all, a, all pain a, meds. a God song. Yeah. I mean, there was so much hard in all of it. Like we talked about, you know, watching him get effectively lit on fire. Uh, that was absolutely brutal. But the, one of the other ones is that last time we took him uh, to the hospital, he, because uh, he was starting to swell. And, uh, and when we go, we take him in and the doctor's basically like, well, his body's shutting down. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. It's just not. It, it's like your body prioritizes air, then food, and then right now it's it can't process. But he has a feeding tube, so we're still like he couldn't eat. Yeah, probably for the last couple of months at all. I mean, he would. He started eating a ton there at the end. Yeah, well, water too. It was interesting, yeah. but we had the tube. So at this time, like when we go to this visit, I mean, I think we we all knew the oncologist knew. I mean, our sweet oncologist, like she's such a busy lady, and yet. She sat in there with him for, I mean, hours, just wanted to yeah. hold his hand. And so just, you know, we're still feeding him at the time. And the, the, I think one of the hardest things we had to make in this situation is he was incredibly anemic, um, you know, which makes sense. Like the cancer's taking over his body. And I just remember having to make at this appointment, she's like, well, we can give him blood and it will help him maybe feel a little bit better, but his body just can't drain this. And so yeah. essentially having to choose how your son's going to die uh, do you want him to die from anemia? I mean, obviously it's cancer. Do you want him to die from that? Or like the lungs could start filling up if he has too much fluid. And so that's... Effectively drown. Effectively drown. I'm like, I can't, I can't make the decision. And I will tell you this day, even on his death certificate, it says ultimate cause of death anemia. And I'm like, and we chose not to do the blood because I was like, the idea of drowning to me, I was like, well, that sounds worse. Yeah. Um, but no parent should have to... I mean, no. you should never have to choose how your child's going to die. That's right. Um... And it was, yeah, it was. It was oh, there's just not words for it. It was so awful, and, and just to have it kind of the realization hit that. So I thought it was, you know, when they took us in, and like they all lingered in a way that. Uh, I was like, that's that's a little different, and then it hit me later. It's like, they all knew that was the last time they were gonna get to see him. Yeah. Yeah, because we had chose pretty early. Like Abram always wanted to be at home. Like, yep. So we tried, especially after we got put on hospice, like we yeah. only went in if we had to. We yeah. pretty much said we're not coming in. Because, I mean, we had someone coming to that house if we needed, you know, pain meds and stuff. But for that, like, because his body started to swell, she wanted to see him. And, um, yeah, we we wanted to be at home. He he wanted to be at home. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so whatever he wanted was, that was what was going to win. Yeah. But, um, so we go home and they're like, you know, we're like, do we do we keep feeding? Do we do, you know, and they're like, just let him do what he wants to do. So all of a sudden he's got an appetite and, <laughs> and we really had, and they were, they were thinking days and he made it almost two weeks from there, which we were like, yeah, man, uh, it's, he's such a, he's such a fighter. And, and they really weren't awful. It wasn't an awful two weeks. Until right before. till like maybe last, you know, two, three days. And, and then he was in a, and he was in so much pain. Um, yeah, the day before he passed away was probably the worst. I mean, he was just awake all day and just incredibly agitated. And I mean, he was just in pain. 
Um, and so that whole day was one of the hardest for me because he only wanted me and he wanted anyone else yeah. in there. And and of course, I mean, I'm, there was nowhere else I was going to be, but it was the drain of like, you know, knowing he's about to die yeah. and having to take care of him and care for him at the same time. And it was just, it was exhausting. And um, it was interesting because the next day, um, he slept most of the day and was just very, you know, more peaceful. He was awake a little bit, I think actually, I mean, but he's still... Like, I think one of the last things he really, like, said when he was awake is I went to go get him water. He's like, I can do it myself. <laughs> like, wanted to do his own water that day. But for the most part that day, he slept and just was more um, peaceful, which was good. Um, and when he passed away, so we we were actually on the back porch with Jason Hallman. Um, I will tell you, God's grace over that day and that night of how he orchestrated it, like, he is so evident. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're sitting on the back porch eating some Wingstop, having some wine with Jason. and Wingstop and wine. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it totally goes together. But nice wine, too, which yeah. oh, I'm sure. probably shouldn't mix with Wingstop. Uh, Wingstop. I mean, that doesn't. It's, you just do whatever you want. Yeah. On that no, at this point, it was fine. Um, That's what I wanted. Um, So we're sitting on the back porch just breathing for a minute while grandparents are in with Abram. Um, and Jack's dad comes out to get us and said, you know, Abram's squeezing my hands a lot. Like, I think, I think something's happening. Okay. Um, so we go in there and I mean, we could pretty quickly tell it was, it was time. It was, yeah, real serious. But I was just discombobulated because the, you know, we had talked to some people who had watched their child pass and we had, uh, the oncologist had kind of walked us through what that would look like. And I wasn't seeing... Of course, Abram had to do it different. Yeah. It yeah. was like, I was like, I don't know if this is the end because I was. what she said was like, it's going to look like this. And uh, it really, it really didn't. And then it was kind of a, it was pretty quick. It was, that was, I think that was the part that was the most surprising because I mean, pretty much from the time his dad came to get us till the time Abram passed was maybe 30 minutes, if even. Yeah. And so, but I will tell you, like, so God's grace, like, first of all, Jason being there. Yeah. Um, his yeah, wisdom didn't. in the, the moment of what to do, because there was one point, so, you know, we had told the other kids at this point, like, you know, God very well might just heal him in heaven. You know, so yeah. we've had these conversations. Um, Eli's in bed at this point, which is, I think, a grace of the Lord. I mean, he's three, like. Yeah. Um, but the other two, I mean, Ezra and Abram, so we have, it's Abram, Ezra, Jubilee, Eli. And so Ezra and Jubilee are still awake and I want them to get to say bye. And yeah. so I tell Tom, Jack's dad, to go get them and just like, no, like sister, you need to, you need to go get them. And I'm I, to this day, like, like I, my brain wasn't working. I was just not going to be anywhere ne than next to Abram, yeah. but just the gift of like, God's calling Abram home. Like me standing there for five more minutes isn't going to make a difference. But these kids, like, we're about to start a whole new journey with them yeah. that I need to carry them in. And so the gift of just like that I was the one like, hey, yeah. Abram, Abram's dying. If y'all want to come say bye. And we didn't make them like it was a yeah. choice. And they both wanted to and they got to come say bye. And um, one of the, th the last thing I said to him, and this is this was just Abram and it's so the Lord, but like I am hugging him and I'm leaning over and I say, run to Jesus, baby. He's going to heal you. And I'm not kidding, that kid sprinted. Like it was like, I mean, the yeah. Lord in that moment called him home. And um, like, it was just him. He's like, oh, oh run to Jesus. Okay, okay. I'm going to run. Yeah. Um, but even like the gift, even after of Jason being there, because we're both like, 
I mean, there's so much shock. Yeah. Uh, even obviously, you know, it's coming, but at the same time, I mean, Jason's just like, hey, everyone else leave because we had family in the room and gave me and Jack a little bit of time. And I think everyone handles death different. Like for me, like I kind of wanted to hold his hand for a little bit, but like as soon as it started to get cold, like I didn't. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's a right or wrong there, but that was just very much like my son's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, I know where he is. Whereas like you wanted, I think, a little bit more time with his body. Yeah, it was so hard. It was just, just absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, just because uh, all that hope in me, seeing it, uh, seeing the life leave his body was uh, just. I mean, I was shattered in a way that I didn't know it could be. Even with the, you know, that hope's been picked away at as things get worse and worse, but I still hadn't, even to the end, I hadn't given up. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, man, this is, okay, Lord, like, this is, <laughs> this is prime time. This is, this is when you show up. And uh, just to see him go, um, yeah, like the, uh, as weird as it was, at 22 months, I, I wasn't um, prepared uh, for that for that transition. And uh, just to, like it was hard when his body turned cold and, um, to know, I mean, like just the, the, the physical nature of he's gone. Uh, oh man, it's so hard. Like you're not supposed to feel your child like that. I mean, no. it's just, you're not, right. it's, it's yeah, he's, broken. He's supposed to bury me one day. Yeah. Not, not me say goodbye to him. And, uh, cause the whole time as daddy, it's like, Lord, you take me, you, yeah. you do what you need to do. You, but you do it to me. Yeah. Uh, not my boy. And he was gone. And so, yeah, we just, you like, wanted to carry him that last time. Like that was, yeah, just, you know, the... Just the idea that it's the last time you're going to yeah. carry your child. Yeah, and it, and it was. It's just... I tried to pick him up, and I just lost it. And I knew it would be the last time I'd hold him. Yeah. And... Uh, oh, man. That's so hard. And, yeah, it's just everything... Everything changed. It's a hard, because it's hands down, like... There's nothing worse than that. And yet then still, like, I mean, like I was saying, like, like, I was there. I mean, I feel like I went above and beyond of how unique, like, Jason randomly stopped by. Like, it wasn't yeah. planned. Like, just and the we way. Didn't, we didn't ask him to come by. No, just the way that it, the Lord, like, you couldn't, I couldn't even try to be like, <clears throat> oh, like, God's, you know, where are you, yeah. Lord? Like, because he's like, I'm here. I mean, he was yeah. so evident. And so I needed that. And I think the Lord was very gracious to give that despite yeah, the nightmare of it all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Can we can we talk about a little bit about the last year? Um so Abram's celebration of life was epic. It was uh 
our whole home group put all that together too. Like it was, I mean, we pretty much didn't have capacity and we just, I mean, to say, to see the church be the church again. I mean, like literally it was all, everyone just, we kind of gave a few ideas and I mean, it was above and beyond what I thought. It was just incredible. And then um, like when you get first diagnosed, the whole world's there, whole world's what can we do? We love you. How are you? But but inevitably, things get quiet, and it's you two, and it's the three kids, and a thousand memories of Abram all over the house. We talk about yeah. a little bit about the journey of the last year, and um, and and maybe the highs and lows with the Lord in that, and um, and then we kind of end on where we are now and um yeah i i i intentionally i i mean you guys were who i thought of almost immediately when i thought of the idea of overcomers and i was like oh shit we are way too close to that we've got to get space and time and i even coming into season 2 was like lord i i still feel like we're really close um and and so i'd i'd love to hear about the last year and um, I'd love for people to hear about the last year. Uh, I think the last year for you guys in a very real way has the heart of what this podcast is trying to do um, with its highs and lows and its good days and bad days and good weeks and bad weeks and um, barely hanging in there, swinging to, oh no, he's a ama- God's amazing, back to barely hanging in there. So I'd love to hear about the last year. Um, and then I, I want to ask um, for everyone that's listening, if you both have, um, like if you could encourage them. And, you know, most people who are listening to this are not enduring what you've endured. Um, they're doing something, but it's probably not at the scale. In fact, even listening to this, they're probably like, this is so dumb. I'm just, you know, I just have anxiety in there, you know, but, but this, your journey can speak to that in a way that's, I think, helpful. So let's start here. Let's just start with the last year with the Lord, high and low, um, kind of what the last year's been like. Yeah, so... Initially, when he passes, uh, you're you're in shock, yeah. and I, I like I, I I think the Lord gives us shock because it's so overwhelming what we're dealing with. We can't deal with it all. Shock is a gift, yeah. to a degree. I mean, yeah, you don't need to stay there. Uh, yeah, but just to process. So that first, uh, so he he passed away in September. Uh, so we just passed two years of him being gone. Those first few months. Um, uh, I remember, so I, I like to uh, elk hunt, and usually one of my favorite things is to sit in the woods, and it's so quiet on the mountain. Um, and uh, I went, so I was like three or four weeks later on a hunt. I thought it'd be great to get out in the woods, and but I remember being so overwhelmed with the silence, like because I could not, I could not con- handle it. I had to, I had to have something pumping into my ears. Um, because everything was so, uh, I was, I was beginning this wrestle with the Lord of, 
um, I was like, Lord, you were going to do it. And there was, he did not say he was going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I was just so sure that that he was, and I did not know how to deal with you could have, and you didn't. Yeah. Um, that doesn't reconcile with who I know the Lord to be. Um, and I, I know there's brokenness, um, but it was like this, it's like, but this is Abram. So this is different. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't different. And, uh, so just trying to throw, I mean, I think our, our circles, I mean, they had already shrunk quite a bit, uh, but we needed super safe places to um, just be. And uh, I couldn't deal with the with all the silly things that we say that are, probably well-intended of, you know, you just got to trust. You just got to, you know, God is good. I'm like, I... Then you just ran a Bible verse, and I'm like, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that in and yeah. of itself. But there was, like, in that, when we were on it, I'm like, I, I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was this weird, like, my foundation of who God was blew up. Yeah. And I think it's very true for both and of I, us. And I'm ripping it down to the bottom because something was not right here. I put open, like God did not say he was going to do this, but I treated him like he would. And uh, so I wanted to tear everything down um, and get to a place of like, who is the Lord then? If he's not this, um, I need to know who he is because I can't put my faith in whatever that was that I was hanging on to. Um and so I needed, I needed safe places. I needed safe people. Um, we we continued. We weren't serving in anywhere, but we we'd continue to go on Sundays. And I think is for you. It was easier than me. Church felt safe for me, and it was not for it, you. It wasn't safe for me. It was. I was hearing these songs and messages where everything I'm having to filter through like okay God you say you're I mean we're singing you're mighty to save but that's getting that's hitting me in the face about but you didn't save my son and yeah. like it's that's not what that song is trying to communicate but it's I'm I'm just at war in my heart with the Lord um over like this I just understood these things to mean this 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 way and that's not true. Yeah. I really have to find out what's true. Um, and so I, you know, I just started poking around, but I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to spend time and, you know, I didn't want to hear anything from Paul. I was like, I need to spend time with Job. Yeah. I want to, I want to read Exodus. I want to, I want to hang out in these spaces of just not understanding contention, wrestle, fight. I was like, I want my night. Like I want, I want what Jacob got. I want to fight all night long, Lord, because yeah. I don't understand. Like you, you, you are who you say you are, and you could have saved my son, and you didn't. And those are both true. And I don't know how to, and I still don't know how to reconcile that. But it was, yeah. it was like this freeing up of. Um, I got invited on the. 
Jeff Haley took me on a way forward trip. That was about six months after Abram had died. And just on the mountain, you're just kind of, you're not sleeping, you're tired, uh, grouchy. Um, and I was sharing, and it was the first time I could say, uh, the Lord did not fail me, and he did not fail my son, but something did. And I was just really on a witch hunt of what failed me. You know, was it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've am i been in church my whole life. I've been learning and reading, and but some I was not prepared for the loss of my son. Um, and it really took me and almost a year where I felt like the Lord, because I, again, I just inst- just wanted to tear down everything to figure what it out. But the Lord just sweetly is like, hey, you weren't made for death. Mm-hmm. So this, this should be as terrible as it was. I didn't create you for this. Um, and it kind of freed me up to not have an answer. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I'm all better or whatever, but that I needed that freedom uh, to process there because, like, yeah, and like before before the fall, he didn't make us for this, and I I really was I needed to fight, I needed to fight and and wrestle, but yours looked a lot different that first year. Yeah, um, I think for me. I mean, I think so much because I had, I really did start mourning before. Like yeah. I didn't have that same, I mean, I think at the point I'm at when Abram died, like, I mean, he was in so much pain. I mean, those last couple of weeks, I was asking the Lord, I'm yeah, like, I, I can't watch him suffer anymore. Yeah. Um, and so for me, there's the shock at first and then honestly, a little bit of relief. Yeah. Um, just because I'm like, my, my son's not in pain. Um, and we're just coming off of being exhausted. And so just to... That that beginning first three months, like honestly, I, I think it was like shock and a little bit of relief that Abram wasn't in pain, and obviously that wasn't I would have preferred it the other way. Um, but then for me, it got hard kind of after that because as the shock wore off and I'm processing more. First of all, there's so much trauma that happened during that I still don't know that I processed all of it because yeah. you can't when you're yeah. in it. I mean, I was told in counseling I think this was great advice was process as much as you can as you go through it, but the, we're not capable of processing that much trauma um, in that short of a period of time. And so I think that starts to come up and that's obviously Russell, but then just more so like the further we got away from losing our son, the more I remember my healthy boy. Yeah. And and that has continued um, to be harder. And so, you know, this whole, you know, the first year, honestly, for me, it was really hard because of the intense waves that would come, but yet, I don't feel like, I feel like with the Lord specifically, I mean, he felt very evident and close. And I will tell you for me, it was the the one year mark. Um, I think so much of how I'm wired was like, if I can just get through this first year, <laughs> like I'm gonna lean hard on the Lord. If I can get through this first year, I, I'm i gonna be okay. And I will tell you like that first week after we hit one year of just how dark I got because the day before I felt just as much pain the next. Yeah. And so- to realize like, like the endurance of this that I'm going to have to have. Um, and that that has been my biggest wrestle on this side of it. And I will tell you this whole last year has been a wrestle there. Um, I mean, it's not 
not been pretty, and, and and the Lord has shown up, but He, I mean, He's had to pursue me more. So where yeah. I've I've definitely run more to other things of just okay. Well, I I tried real hard that first year to you know run yeah. to you. Um, yeah, church was really good. Which church on this side has similar to what he had the first year, like singing certain songs and stuff. And I was at recovery last night and they were singing a song and I was like, I can't sing this. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's about, you know, giving the Lord everything for more of him. And I'm like, I don't want you to take anything else from me. Yeah. You know I mean, that's just honestly, like I'm, I'm still there. And so this whole last year, but like at the same time, and I think both of us very much, our faith like had to be taken back down to the studs. Um, and that's, that's looked different, but, as we're trying to rebuild it of just, I think maybe it's cause like the American, you know, just dream kind of mixed in with church to a degree, but of just this like idea of, oh, I'm gonna follow God and everything's gonna be great, which I would have told you before is not true. I mean, I hear that often, but yet so much of our lives, yeah. like it was yeah. until this happens. And so all of a sudden having to reconcile that for both of us has been hard. And yet I will tell you my relationship with the Lord now is much more deep. It's much more intimate. It is, I still would not tell you I would give my son for it. And I know that's probably not like the Christianese, that's not the right answer. I would never like give my son for it. And yet I'm thankful yeah. for it. But okay. So, I mean, but yeah, this last year for me, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I mean, we just hit the two year mark last week. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I'm through the second year because that whole, I mean, it, it was just marked for me by this realization of the endurance that I'm going to have to have yeah. um, and battling on how to do that mm-hmm. and how to do it well. And and like I said earlier, I mean, a lot of days that's, I'm in bed. I yeah. mean, I'm not very functional, but then there's, there's days that we fight. There's days we laugh. There's days, yeah. there's joy. I mean, the gift of our other kids yeah. is one of the sweetest things God has given me in this because I'm going to fight like hell for them yeah. because they're looking at us. I mean, yeah. they're looking at us and this this is their story too. I mean, this is gonna impact their whole lives. Yeah. And so for me as their mom, I'm like, I'm gonna fight for the Lord because of what I want for them. And so having to navigate that, and my goal is always, and I think, I think when we talk about our story, I mean, we really are messy. I mean, if you if you sat with us on a daily basis, like it is, it is messy and there is grimy. And I think what marks both of us ultimately in our marriage and our family is we fight for more good days than bad. Yeah. And I think if you can do that, like that's the projection. Like obviously, and the hope is just more and more of that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's kind of where. Yeah. But, and I think you said it right, but just the, the monster um, grief is in processing and learning how to, to do that, um, and it, it is a it is a literal guttural fight because um, it, it's not linear. It makes no sense, and then and then the the roughness of it. I mean, we've we've talked about it before. Like you know, just the only way is through. Like, yep. and what that means is that you, as as those waves hit, is you need to fully embrace them, and they're brutally hard, and it's lots of tears. Um. Because, I mean, you just lamenting these different things, and it, it could be any number of, you know, memories or whatever, and something that's triggering doesn't make any sense. Uh, but something I was, I was, I was trying to find some healthy rhythms, you know, just building for me, but I wasn't processing 
the grief. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was actively trying to stuff it, but I just I wouldn't sit in those moments. And it was actually stuffing is my role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember uh, I was I almost it scared me. Uh, it's um, I was at a I was at a football game, and um, this is probably almost a little less than a year after uh, Abram had passed, and I was so pent up. Um, the guys in front of us rooting for the other team, and they said something. These dudes are big. They do. They're all tatted up. They're watching a UFC fight at the same time. Like not guys you want to. Sure. And he said something, <laughs> and in less than a second, I had made the decision. It's like I will go as far as you're willing to go here. Yeah. And like I, I was like, and I, I wanted, I wanted it. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, coming, nothing happened. Thankfully, they would have, that would not been good. Um, but I was, it scared me because I was like, man, I was willing to make a decision that put me in jail, put me in all kind of things uh, that's not worth it for me or my family. Um, so I had to figure out. I was like, I need, I need counseling. I need something to help me. Yeah. Counseling's been huge for both of yeah. us. Yeah. This side of it. Yeah. The the biggest, um, you can't you can't process these things alone, and and we, uh, we need to process with people, not each other. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's a burden. Because up until Abram got sick, you know, usually somebody's in a better spot than the other in marriage, and you can kind of lean on each other. And this was too much for us to yeah. bear. So I had to go counseling. I've got my guy, you know, just men I trust and just where I could be angry and lament and question. And um, and I, I'm not looking for answers because uh, what I realized was like, I mean, I don't like Jesus came down himself and told me what the answer is. I'm not sure that's good enough. Yeah. Like I'm almost ready to say like that wouldn't be good enough because yeah. it cost me my son. Um, so I don't want an answer, but I, I want uh, I want the wrestle. And what was so odd to me and surprising was uh, the more undone I felt, um, the more I felt welcomed by the Lord. I was like, I'm a complete mess. I can't control my mouth. I can't control my actions. I am just undone and I felt like the Lord just yeah you're my mess yeah you're my mess you're <laughs> Come on. and uh which I you know I was I mean I tried so hard to uh and and for the most part I was very successful that I could uh control my behavior control my speech most of your life most of my life like, like this is the way this should look and this is the way I should act and I think most of it was genuine but with that kind of searing pain on my soul, I, I could not contain that anymore. Yeah. And uh, my speech reflected that, as, uh, and still does. Um, uh, I'm not saying that's great, but I'm like, this is this is the best I got. Yeah. And uh, and to have the Lord be like, yeah, yeah, you're mine. Yeah. And just just spite us. Yeah, just the surprise in that for me because I was just so worked. It's always trying to work so hard to, you know, Reform. yeah, just trying to be what I feel like I'm called to be. Um, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that anymore. And 
And I still struggle with it, but I'm so much, there's a freedom there to be undone and be fully loved and welcomed that I, uh, surprised me in, yeah. in a very sweet way. Yeah. The Lord ultimately, I think for both of us, we've gotten to a point where he is safe. Like there's just still a lot of stuff we're wrestling with, but the Lord is safe. Yeah. And that, and it's taken time to get there, but I think that's a very, I mean, it's a gift. And yeah, yeah, I, I, don't trying even, to, I don't even like saying like to get there. Like I'm we're still like trying to, still in it. <laughs> yeah, was, whatever oh, that we're is. Still yeah, whatever there is. Yeah. yeah. You know, in season one, um, I was interviewing a young woman named Katie. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she said, and it's kind of as a theologian, it's kind of haunted me. Um, she said, there's just grew up in a horrific circumstance, like hard to get the mind around circumstance and she said there's there's no explanation of this that you'll ever be able to give me that gets God off the hook hmm. and but I but I trust him and I know that he's good yeah. so like she's like I'm not trying to get him off the hook I'm I'm positioning my life under his grace and his glory and I'm trusting that one day maybe I'll understand it yeah. And I just, man, I haven't been able to forget that little sentence that day. Mm. Like there's no version. There's no there's no explanation you're going to be able to give me that makes me go, oh, oh, okay, that's what. That makes it okay. work, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again, I think to in literally the same breath um, to transition to, but I'm moving towards him. Yep. And um, I believe I'm going to be okay. And yeah. I'm not out of it yet, but I trust that he's near. And uh, I, I just think it's the most powerful thing in the world. Um, I think it's far more powerful than having a clean explanation. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I just think it is. And I think people, most often people who don't believe that talk about suffering theoretically more. And, and I'm sure there's somebody listening right now like, well, I land there and I've been through it too. So, so I'm, I, I'm saying mostly my experience is that people who get pretty dogmatic about the hows and whys yeah. uh, tend to talk about suffering theoretically and and haven't really been into the dark night of the soul. Yeah. It's yeah. been interesting on this side. I'm pe people that have suffered are really who are safe. I mean, it's... Because yeah. you don't get those cheap you little... Don't get, no. yeah. Like you don't... I guess we didn't realize how unloving it was to hear some of those things uh, from someone who didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Until you go through it. And it's, I mean, I've, I've done that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Been on that side. Well, you, I mean, and I, I've always been nature. gracious. They, they yes. just, they don't know that the best thing is probably to not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> to, to bring, or just, Hey, that really sucks. Like bring, that for me, yeah, was bring such some a, wings and some good yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah. And let's sit on the back patio. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, it's been a hard episode. Um, I, I know for the listener, I know certainly for the sharer, but, uh, for the listener, would you have any, just as we close out uh, our time, I mean, most of the people that are dialing into this, probably not all of them, but most of them, man, they are, they're kind of grasping for hope in whatever they're in, whatever season they're in, wherever they are in, um, you know, it could, they could, you could be catching them on a day where they pressed play because this is like, if the Lord doesn't help me here, I'm, I'm done, done. Um, you, you've got their ears. Would there be anything that you want to say 
where you are in this part of the journey to encourage them listening in their own journey, in their own struggle. And and if if it's easier, then they're going to be a lot of moms and dads whose children are sick and suffering that their friends are going to send them this. And they're like, hey, this this might encourage you. This might be a terrible idea, but won't you listen to this? And and I wonder what what you might even say to them. So... um... Abram's funeral celebration of life, like I was able to sing wholeheartedly uh, a bunch of songs. Like I was thinking about my son and his God songs. I really hadn't been able to sing ever since. Um, it was just, I just cry. Yeah. Um, but I was just struck by, and with some help of friends I trust, like I was just like, I'd, I'd really like to try and sing. So I gathered with, some some men I trusted, and they had their own issues, and it was like, it's like, hey, we're just we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and sing this. And one of the things shared during that time was, uh, you know, uh, one of the guys read. He's like, hey, I, I'm just feeling like just sing, you know, sing a new song. And what that did, like I, I guess. Like I am forever changed with the loss of my son, and I shouldn't keep trying to go back to a place. That I'm a, like, no. I'm, I'm new. That's I right. can't sing from that anymore. Yeah. And he, what he was saying is, I'm encouraging you to sing from where you are. Yeah. And and so that that would be my encouragement. Don't like life is different. Life is forever changed. Um. But the Lord. The Lord knows that, and yeah, stop fighting to get back to somewhere you're never going to be again. Yeah. But sing from that new spot, yeah. and and I, it, it was still a struggle. Like it wasn't anything magical about trying yeah. to sing. With I mean, I, it was a special, reverent time, and I'm so grateful for those men be available for that. But just to just to see, be where you are, and uh, if you are as broken and hurt and messy just be there and don't need to apologize for it don't need to be on the other side of it um and just find some you know people you can link arms with that are trustworthy and do the best you can and yes the the lord's with you and there's so much um he's like the like just his grace toward I mean, there's no hiding it anyway, and that's what that's what <laughs> kind of get a, get over. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I've been here waiting on you, um, yeah. and uh, uh, just to be freed up to be exactly who you are, and and being known by the Father and welcomed anyway. Well, and something you said earlier that's I think so profound in this is like you might be a mess, but you are the Lord's mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, that goes back to that. And again, you've said some things here today that I hope people really. Like it's the stuff that sticks. Like, yeah, like you can go your whole life and everything just go your way. And then stuff like this, it's it invades and it invades quickly out of nowhere. And um, the idea that you're supposed to be put together or that, that everything is up and to the right is just asinine. It's absurd. It's certainly not in the Bible. You can't yeah. find a story in the Bible that says it is. There's something in the Western ethos in particular 
that says yeah. life is up and to the right. Yeah. Um, and I think what's so devastating to people when they are a mess is the compulsion to hide it until they can't or um, the compulsion to give in to shame because you're a mess and then doubt the goodness of God are really powerful. They're really powerful forces. They're demonic forces. Yeah. Um, and to... And to be okay saying, no, I'm I'm a freaking train wreck right now, but I'm his, I'm his train wreck. Yeah. yeah. This is what he was buying on the cross. Yeah. This version of me. Yeah. Not the one I was presenting that had all their crap yeah. together. This is the one he wanted. This is what he purchased. And then that starts to reframe God's love altogether. Yeah. It it makes God's love what it is, divine. Like it's sweeter. Unlike anything ever anywhere like that that's what he wants that moment the broken and contrite in spirit i will never despise yeah so yeah so i i think for me and actually it kind of piggybacks on that is and and i share this because this is where i wrestle so when i when i get dark when i'm struggling i isolate yeah i mean that is i go in um i feel really tired i feels too hard to do stuff and um i pull away yeah and so I would just say whether it's a sick kid, whether it's, I mean, wherever someone's at, the value of finding good people and mm. to fight like hell to keep them yeah. near to share and I and I and I speak to this with so much conviction because I will tell you over the last month, like this is where I've failed and yeah. I've gotten to that dark place where the shame creeps in, where it's I've just and it's because I've isolated. Yeah. Uh, cause I was struggling and it just felt too hard to do anything else. And yet I can see consistently over the last two years when I am walking better and more consistently with people who love the Lord, who are safe, who I can be as messy as I am. Yeah. And we're very fortunate to have people like that, which oh, is a y'all's gift. crew is yeah. And yet superb. I know some people don't. And so just even then saying, I mean, find it. Like, yeah. like even just asking the Lord for it, like God is that is something he wants you to ask. Yeah. It's something he wants you to have. And I think he is gracious to provide it, but there's there's a part on us of having to go after it. Like I can't just, I mean, not that I, I there's so many people over the last month that I tell you I could have reached yeah. out to. I mean, I have a, a million, not a million, but I have a hand, good handful of people that would drop at a hat to come yeah. be with me. And yet I wasn't fighting. Like yeah. I gave over to that darkness. And, and, and thankfully that is less, days than, you know, being yeah. in a fight. And yet I think it's essential to get through this. Like yeah. this, this world is messy and this world is hard and we were not designed to do it by ourselves. We can't, I mean, it, that is, it is such a playground for Satan yep. when I isolate. I mean, it's, it just creeps in the the darkness and the shame and why can't I just get my shit together? I mean, yeah. like it's, that's, that's where I, I land and I spiral there and that's, yeah. that's, it's not good. That's not, that's mm-hmm. not from the Lord. And so, yeah, that would be mine. Like, being in the fight, just the like, if there's one step you could take right now, would be you know, find your people. Yeah. Uh, meet with them. I mean, and sometimes for me, that has to be like, I need to set it up every week because you know what's going to happen if I don't? Like, it's going to be a bad day and I'm not going to go. Yeah. So I need the consistency. Whereas I think Jack goes after that stuff the way he's wired more so than me. Um, but yeah, find your people. Uh, yeah, we need them. Yeah. So. And so maybe you're listening to this right now and maybe the best thing you could possibly do for yourself is my guess is you're listening to this on your phone. Um, So maybe the best thing you do is just pull over the car or 
pause the treadmill or whatever you're doing and just send a text. And I, I mean, you can just send, Hey, I'm slipping <laughs> to your people um, or, Oh crap. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I, I just, it, it can be simple and then create space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think people are one of the ways the Lord tangibly physically touches, draws near and helps and heals it's through the saints. Yep. It's just the way he does it. It's his design. Um, so that is that is a necessity in season and out of season. In fact, in peacetime, I, if you're listening to this and you're in peacetime, I would just cultivate that because eventually, you know, you live long enough, you're going to need it. Yeah. And um, and then if you're in the soup right now and you just like, oh crap, man, I don't have anybody like that. Like no one knows, I don't have anybody. Then I, in all seriousness, and you've heard me say this, find a church that has a recovery ministry. It, they at least have, if they have a recovery ministry, they have some framework for struggle and some framework for um, needing to walk in the light and it being okay that you are where you are. And so if you're, man, if you're like, oh man, it's it's too late, I got nobody. I'm Google your area with a, a church with a recovery ministry and, and I, and I think you got a shot there uh, to walk into a place and just be like, I'm barely hanging in there. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And the, I think the Lord will meet you there. So um, thank you for tuning in uh, to this episode of The Overcomers. Um, as, as always, Jack and Ashley, thank you. Uh, I know, again, you got to share all this in some ways. You got to live through it again. And so it's not lost on me that you were willing to come on and um, spend an hour, whatever, however long we've been <laughs> chatting in here. Um, talking about Abram and uh, what a gift he really was. He was. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. 